Kia ora and welcome to Inside Netball. Call Courtney Tidio Ho. And well, round 12 of the ANZ Premiership, we saw an extra time extravaganza never seen before in our competition. So to talk with me about it is former Silver Ferns captain Nadine Wilson, also Storm Purvis. Kia ora kōrua. Kia ora Courtney. Oh, so great. This round 12, it had everything, didn't it? We saw multiple extra times. Adine, I'll start with you. What stood out? Because I know that you worked on that steel game. Yeah, the steel stars game was brilliant. The stars started well, then the steel came crashing out of the gates in that second and third quarter. And then the stars got all the momentum in the last took it into overtime and then took the match. And they had so much to play for the Stars. They knew that they had to have a whole lot of consecutive wins if they wanted to host the elimination final. And after the game last night, they are on track to do that. So I thought that was a brilliant match. But what it did show was if you can get that momentum late, you can really finish well. And actually, that translates to the Stars' whole season. In contrast to last year, they were number one for, what was it, 10 weeks, and then came crashing to the floor. They've done the complete opposite this year. They're peaking at the right time. They won last night against the Magic without Ali Temu, possibly one of their best players. So... Yes, so much still to play for with three games to go. But Storm, that tactics game was pretty good too. It was good, Adine, but I feel like it was different to your game, the Star Steel game, because that was a game of such high consistency, the Star Steel game and, and high quality netball. I felt with the tactics magic, there were peaks and troughs in consistency. So one team would go on a run, then they would fall off and the next team would go on a run. And it just kind of showed the inconsistencies and quality of the match. And actually, you talk about getting momentum at the end of the um, end of the game, Adine, but you know, the tactics had all that momentum and were the ones who levelled it up with the magic right at the full whistle. And then we came back into extra time and the tactics didn't score at all. So it, it was an interesting game. I was stoked for the magic. I feel like, you know, they'll be wanting to finish their season on a high. And even though the Stars did get that win last night, that was still a much better performance from the magic. So it's nice to see them really, you know, they, they've had a tough season um, and they've been dealt some pretty hard cards. And that Pulse, uh, sorry, tactics magic game, it was the first time MJ Araroa had said, I have... 10 of my contracted players on the bench for the first time this season in round 12. So, you know, they've had a tough season. Really great to see them kind of finish off on a high. Great to interview Sam Winders <laughs> after getting a win. Always a great time. Um, and, yeah, I just think I, I really I was trying to figure out what had happened to the tactics in that last um, sort of six minutes of extra time play. And it was just little things here and there. Obviously, they had Vika Colotto on the court at wing attack, an inexperienced player who made a lot of the... Um, last minute just little errors and the magic were clearly not going to lose that and Sam Winder spoke post-match about making a point of their fitness about how hard they train and how this these are the moments that we train for and that really resonated with the team you could see that they were just not going to lose that so you know to keep the tactics scoreless in extra time and for the magic to get that six goal win was very exciting loved being there <laughs> and I want to get both your was it not so much the tactics the difference was the magic and the magic had a whole lot of experience and that's when you saw Amelia Ann Ekanasio she just stepped up and I think she scored virtually all of those goals in the extra overtime and that's when you go huh you can see why Nolene Tarua is keeping Ekanasio very close to that Sewer Fern squad because those are the players you need to have in those moments and to me that was the difference it was actually 
the magic and the experience Claire Kirst and Sam Winders, Bailey Mears versus what the tactics perhaps were missing. Absolutely, and I'm glad you mentioned Claire Kirsten, who was the MVP of that match, because I think she was the one who came through for a couple of those tips and disrupted the play of, of young wing attack Vika Colotto. So another one, you know, Claire is quite often um, held to a high standard because she has been our starting Silver Fern centre for a while now, but there's been so many great young performing centres across the country, and that was a good reminder of her experience, Adine, you mentioned, and just her, you know, someone like that who can get ball at a crucial time and really help them come away with the win. Well, if we stay on the topic of the magic, can they keep this core group together? We saw it last night, Adine, where Sammy Winders said it's almost like they want to keep the competition going because they're just starting to get their connection. They've only just had all their players, their contracted players together. They've had a tough season. Can they keep them together for next year? Oh, it'll be interesting, won't it? And that's where we're heading into the contracting period right now where people are starting to have those conversations and look, I think those girls that, you know, all wanted to play together and we had Claire, Bailey, um, Amelia Ann, we did have Katrina Rory, um, maybe she'll be back in time. Will she? I'm just trying to figure out where baby's due. But I think they'll have, they'll feel like there's unfinished business. And I think to your point, Courtney, they will feel like we could see what could have been. And I think that will actually stand um, them in good stead when it comes to that contracting period, because I think they will still be hungry. And I think you're entirely right. Give them a couple more weeks. And we would have started to see what this magic team could do. And don't forget as well, Kiana Williams, they didn't have her this season as well. So they, you know, out of all teams, I don't like anyone whinging about COVID because everyone has been struck by COVID. But I do think the Magic, probably out of all the teams this year, have had the hardest cards dealt to them from injury, from COVID, from timing. So, look, I, I feel I feel for them, but I think if they can pull that team together, Storm, I reckon they could, you know, surprise many last year and live up to what we, or the hype that we we had at the start of the season for them. Oh, absolutely. I feel like it's only been these last few rounds that we've seen the Bailey, Mears, Emilia and Ignacio circle really worked. Um, and, you know, they've been playing 60 minutes together and it's such fun to watch and it's only just starting to reach its heights. And I know, you know, both all males in particular, getting back to her full fitness and her court craft is starting to show. It's just the consistency behind it. And I feel like we're really starting to see that. Edna McKay is another one for me who's really come alive in these last couple of rounds, getting to play with... Um, Osian Maihi last night, who's just recovered from COVID. They had a great combination. Georgia Tong being able to come on and be that impact player and just change it up. But it's been great to see Edna really come to life. And I'm sure she's another one like Sammy, who just want to keep that magic squad together. You know, they're, they're the Waikato Bay Plenty rage, uh, region through and through those girls. They bleed those colours. So hopefully that they can stick around and yeah, watch out next year. Uh, if we talk about next year, the tactics, they were in the grand final last year, didn't have a great season. They obviously lost Jane Watson, but it can't be just a loss of her that has led to this season, is it, Storm? Uh, no, but I definitely think she's um, left a, a huge hole, um, not only in that defensive circle. I know, you know, Karen Berger formed a great combination with Jane last season and throughout the first season as well, and they play a kind of pulley system, they play halves in the circle, and I know Karen Berger's really struggled with the likes of Kalera Nawai, who... I think it's actually had a pretty good season and gets great ball, but she doesn't come from that sort of um, traditional New Zealand background of playing halves and, and playing as a pairing in that circle. So I know, you know, we've all seen it. Karen has been frustrated at times throughout the season when things haven't quite gone um, the unit's way in defence. So 
there's that side of it. Jane Watson is a known ball winner. Um, it's also her captaincy, and that's not to say Camille Poi isn't doing a good job at stepping up, but when you're running at centre... It's you tough. You don't get the chance <laughs> to yell at your players and constantly be giving out feedback and try to be that motivator because you know Courtney <laughs> and Dean, you're just running up and down the court the whole time. Whereas Jane Watson, you know, in that back spot, concreted at the back of the court, watching everything, how many times have we just thought, oh my gosh, Jane, be quiet. Like all we can hear coming through the commentator mics is Jane Watson constantly yelling um, at her teammates. And I really think that side of it has been has been missed and, and a player who gets ball in the dying moments, a player who understands how to take it up another level when, when the going gets tough. I think they've kind of just lacked that aspect of their game this year. Um, I mean, there's other things. I thought it was great to see Hannah Glenn out there. I, agree. I hope they use her more next season. I think there's an opportunity to rotate that shooting circle a bit more if they keep the same three. I know that Hannah can play goal attack. Tapias, I'll be reckoned, is a decent goal shoot too. So I think more opportunities to rotate there. And the third thing, sorry, Adine, if I'm stealing all your, <laughs> all your points, but getting another, yeah, getting another wing attack option. Yeah. Simone Nathan, again, is great, but um, it's just consistency that lacks. And sometimes when that attacking end starts to sort of go into a bit of a hole, they struggle to come out of it. And I think being able to bring on a wing attack with a bit of impact would be great. Vega Colotto, she's exciting, but she's a goal attack, wing attack slide. Doesn't really have that experience to come on in those moments. So that would be high on my list for the tactics as well. Oh, Storm, I think you pretty much summed it all up. So we'll move <laughs> on to the steal. We'll ask you, Adine, about the steal. For me, they were in such great form. And then... Old COVID struck again, but they were beating the Mystics and then they lost a lot of their players, especially their defensive end, who I think were starting to play together in that steel style of defence. And then I, they just their season kind of went downhill from there. Probably, yes. I think they picked up some ball on defence. We know what Burley can do. She made the shift down south. Also, to Hingarau, Salby Rickett. But to me, they needed more ball because what the Steel are known for is when they get ball, they don't turn it over. They turn it into points. Fisher, she does that. She shoots at a really high percentage. I really like what Kate Heffernan's been doing. She has been fabulous and if anyone I would be signing her up straight away her name needs to be on the dotted line now because what a superstar of the future she is as is her sister Georgia Heffernan and you know I think she would have learned a lot this season so again with both the steel and the tactics it's not like they were getting thrashed and the same with the magic they've actually been close games it's just that last five to ten percent for all of those bottom three teams that they were missing this year. And that's why I think it was still a really interesting competition. But I think that's why contracting over the next wee while will be super important because you need those key players that can turn games. Yeah, it's going to get very interesting come contract time. Right, it's almost finals time. So I want to hear from both of you who your picks are from each third of the court for the Silver Ferns Commonwealth Games squad. Storm, I'll start with you. Who have you got? Well, okay, so instead of picking who I think will be in the Ferns, although these players could probably all be in the Ferns, I've just gone with my favourite shooter, favourite midi and defender from the season. Great, Is me too. Okay? Okay, and they good. might not make it, but I would love to see them there. Yeah, so for goal shoot, probably no surprises here, but I have gone with Grace Mickey. I just think um, the four games I think she missed for the Mystics, it was just telling how important she is for the side. They've been criticised as being, you know, like a one-player team. And that may or may not be true, but you can't argue with the fact that the Mystics are just not the same when she's not on the court. Um, shooting at 92% in the top three for... Um, 
attempts and accuracy this season and has missed four games now this, this season, whereas a couple of those other shooters haven't been off the court all year. So, you know, she's just so prolific, um, really stepped up this year, I think, in her ability to take the ball and, and take on defenders. So she's my shooter for the season. You want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Keep going, okay. Give us, your, give us all of them. Do you know what? Middies I found really hard. Picking Ooh. one midi was the hardest for yeah. me. And I've actually gone with Mila Ruelu Buchanan. Um, I think from that centre position, another player who's just taken her game to another level this year, really stepped up on defence. I think that was one part of her game that was kind of lacking a little bit in that centre position, which she's learning from wing attack. Um, but she's sitting in the top two or three at the moment for feeds as a centre. That doesn't happen very often, you know? Your job is to kind of link um, the ball between the two ends, be that outlet every now and then, She's leading with feeds. Yeah, she's you know? getting almost 50 feeds a game, which is unheard of as a centre. For a centre. And, you know, Gina Crampton is the other player who's sitting in that top spot for feeds as well. So that just goes to show that the Stars have really nailed their midcourt and, and, and makes them really hard to defend and work out defensive strategies. So really impressed with what Mila has done this season. It's just consistency for her, I think. There are moments in games where she just makes little silly errors. But still a young player, still developing. Gone with Mila. My defender, I really hope we've all got the same defender here. Has to be Kelly Jury, right? <laughs> Definitely. Absolutely. Picked itself that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 98 deflections this season. Next in the number two spot uh, in the top ten is Sulu Fitzpatrick on 62. So that's a huge difference between the amount of um, you know ball she's getting her hands to, leading the um, intercepts um, count as well. And we talk about her all the time, don't we? I don't know what more there is to say. She's just stepped up so much this season. Great to see her get her feet moving, work on her fitness because she had that heartbreak last year. I think it was being sent home from Ferns Camp for not meeting the fitness standards. So you can really see that that's um, motivated her to really turn her game around and, yeah, relishing that co-captaincy and doing a great job. I only that's have me. one different to yours, but Adeen will go to you. Who have you got? Ooh. Well, I would have only had one different too because I was tossing up between Mila, but she went for a special mention and I actually went for Shannon Saunders for my mid-quarter. Just, again, all the points you've talked about. She's been doing an awesome job um, for the steel and that's why she's got to be top of the list when people are contracting. I think she's been simply brilliant. I never used to be... Like, um, I always thought Shannon was good, but I think in the last few years she's gone to great. And that's why this year she is my mid-quarter. And then I do have a different shooter. Again, I tossed around, and yes, your points on Grace, totally get it. But I've gone for people that are in their best form that I've seen in a long time. And that's why I've gone for Alia Dunn. I think she has put something out on court this year that we haven't seen before. And even more so, what I've loved, is when she's done any press or talked to the media, all of a sudden she's got the spark. I have not heard her in the past ever say, I want to be in the black dress, I want to perform, I want to go to Commonwealth Games. And to me, I think that's been reflected on what she's putting on the court. And I think the Pulse, to be honest, they would be no different than the Mystics. If something, goodness forbid, happened to Alia, you know, it would be the same as the Mystics. The Mystics aren't a one-trick pony. Everybody knows shooters are the ones that you've got to put the ball through the hoop. If we didn't have Irene Van Dyke in 2003, do you think we would have won the World Cup final? I don't know. I think it would have been a big push. So, yeah, shooters, as much as us middies hate to admit it, they're pretty damn important. And Alia has certainly been that this year.
Yeah, I agree with you, Adina. I had Alia, but I also had Grace on my shooters because I just think Grace has been a standout and she's able to shoot 50-plus goals a game. My only difference from both of you, and you did say it, Storm, that midcourt was the hardest, I've got Kate Heffernan nice. for me yeah. because she yeah. is such a defensive midcourt, which I think the Ferns are going to need over in Birmingham. I think she has the ability to turn over ball. She runs through the court so hard, but I also like that she has really come into the attacking role as a centre as well. I like the way she views the circle. She can read the shooters, puts in good balls. So for me, her ability to turn over ball down court, but then uh, transition into attack. So we're all pretty much on the same I level know, I'm there. I'm not angry with that. <laughs> so she I'll got go. an honourable mention for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, the Commonwealth Games are only 56 days away. So for our international segment, we go to Jenny Woods, who caught up with Gail Porata, who was the, the Scott Scotland, sorry, head coach for six years, but is now a Silver Fern selector. Gail, thank you very much for your time today. Can we start? How did you get that job in Scotland? Kia ora, Jenny. Well, um, yes, I received an email from the Netball New Zealand High Performance Coach Manager, which was um, Ruth Aiken, and she sent me an email about you know, applying to Scotland because she knew that my um, partner John McCormick was working in in um, the UK so I applied and um, was successful and took up post in December 2013. And you must have been successful because you you know you raised Scotland's ranking the Commonwealth Games of 2014 were in the middle of that what did those games do for netball in Scotland? Yeah I think well it I suppose what's important to understand is that netball wasn't a very popular sport um, in Scotland, unlike what, what it is like in New Zealand. And so it started in the 2013 World Youth Cup, where they had that in Glasgow, and then the Commonwealth Games, and then obviously the rankings, improvements from um, the Scottish Thistles, getting included into the UK Super League. So all of that has helped raise the profile of netball in Scotland, increased the membership as well. Um, also, and really important, is that the financial backers like Sports Scotland um, were really crucial in, um, I suppose, allowing us to become successful because of their financial support. So, and then Strathclyde University came on board. And so I think that's what's helped mainly in that area, as well as membership increase. So you were Scotland, of course, there's also Wales and Northern Ireland, quite apart from England. What are the strengths of, of Wales and Northern Ireland? What are they going to be like in Birmingham? Yes, yeah, so we call them the home nations. And um, um, when I arrived in Scotland, Scotland was fourth behind England, Wales and Northern Ireland. And then when I left, we were number two behind England. So um, yeah, they're really just tough adversaries. Um, both Wales and Northern Ireland, um, really passionate about being netball, um, just like Scotland was. And, um, yeah, so they are going to be tough. They always are. They always find some really good players in their, in their ranks to come out and compete against Scotland. But, um, you know, Scotland will still be up there, uh, you know, next or in the next coming Well, you now... Place. Sorry, you now, of course, are back in New Zealand. You're a Silver Fern selector, so you've changed caps a little bit. What does that entail, your role as a selector? Well, it entails watching a lot of netball. Um, and I think what I bring to the role is my work ethic. And, and one of the processes that I do when I'm watching matches is I watch the game first. 
Um, just getting an idea who's playing well, who's not, seeing how they play up against each other. I also um, then study all the stats that come through. There's some on the ANZ site as well as the ones that Nolene sends through to us. Um, then the next process I do is I rewatch the game again. I track each player individually around the court and just want to see what they're up to, you know, how they're, um, yeah. I mean, you, you can often find things that you didn't see earlier when you track them individually around the court. And so just want to do a really good job about, you know, when I'm backing a player that I think <clears throat> deserves a trial, that I know what I'm talking about. And how do you make sure that each of you selectors don't don't sort of cover the same ground? Oh, yes. Well, um, so Nolene um, puts us on different teams for three rounds so that we can get a good look at them, every team. Um, for the last few rounds, I was on Mystics and Steel. Um, <laughs> I feel like Steel's played all their games in the last three rounds. <laughs> um, there's a lot of there. Normally, we only get about three games for each, but um, anyway, so Nolene um, puts us all on different um, rounds for, for three rounds. And each selector gets a good look at every team, every player. And it really works really, it works out really nicely. And um, so just really thankful to be working with um, Nolene again and Lee Gibbs. Um, just great to be working with. And Adrian Hayes, the other selector. You know, so, yeah, really enjoying it. And how tough is it going to be to pick that team for the Commonwealth Games. Very, very tough. And and I say because, you know, if you look at the game, some players have been up and down um, through various reasons, you know, COVID and all of that. Um, yeah, there's been some inconsistency and just when you think, oh, that player might not make it back in or, or something, then they have finish off the season strong. So, you know, it's really difficult to get a real gauge on, you know, players until we get to them to the trials, I suppose. Um, but um, consistency has been lacking a bit and in, in throughout for a number of reasons. Well, I think we, we've we got a, another thing that we have to mention today, Gail, and I think that's a bit of a milestone in the whānau. Yes, yes, I do. That's my mum. She's turning 80 in the next few days. Um, a big milestone. So I just wanted to shout out to her at our whānau kia lona parata, uh, waru tikau, uh, karawe, kanui taku aroa ki akoi. Thank you, Jenny. Well, I remember and Lorna from my days. I remember Lorna from my days in Hawara. So very happy birthday to her and the rest of the whānau. Thank you very much for your time, Gail. Well, kia ora for that, Gail and Jenny. Right, we are on the verge of finding out who's going to host the home grand final. All eyes are going to be on this Friday night. It is the Mystics at home to the Pulse. I want both your guys' predictions for that game and what you can expect. We know that the Mystics have been struck by COVID. That old word, Grayson Wickey, has been injured in the Pulse. They're in really good form at the moment. They are. I'm thinking... My head is saying Pulse are going to win this. I don't think they're going to risk Grace Nwicky. Um, you know, I think it was a week ago, Helene Wilson held a media stand-up saying they're targeting the elimination final. If that's the date that's in Grace's head, I don't think she will be confident enough to come out before that. Um, you know, you can sense it in Grace. I was at that um, media stand-up. You could tell she was nervous, you know. She said, oh, I'm just worried about doing more damage to it and, you know, I'm going to listen to what they say, but I'm worried about ferns and I just feel like she's not in the mental state at the moment to rush that. So my, my head is going pulse for that one. Adine, for you? 
Yeah, I totally agree, Storm. I think the Mystics are just going to be five days too early on that Friday mm. match. I think Brace won't be back, and you're bang on. I think just that that mental um, toughness of coming off your first ever ankle injury, she's just not quite ready to get back. And I think, too, even to your point, if they have got their middies back, I just don't think they're going to be. As we've seen when other teams have got players back when they first come back from COVID, they're just, you know, taking a wee while to get back to their their full game fitness. So I think it will be uh, Pulse that will go straight through to that final. And the good thing is Pulse know how to hold a grand final. So they will throw everything at it. And I love... The Pulse fans are awesome. I love being down in that stadium when they are hosting any type of game. They pack it out. So they actually deserve, just like the Steel do, they, you know, between the Pulse and the Steel, they know how to be fans, be loud, and to make a stadium exciting. So, yeah, I'm definitely going Pulse. Mystic's just a little bit too early. Yes, I agree with both of you on that one. And that is all our corridor for today. Thank you so much for joining me, Adine and Storm on Inside Netball. Thanks for having me. No worries. Well, don't go anywhere because up next we're going straight to the Bruce Pullman Arena in Takanini where the Stars are taking on the Steel to see if the Stars can host uh, the elimination final if they get that win over the Steel tonight. So make sure you stay tuned in for that one. Ka kite.